Hey everyone, welcome to Wake Dad, Drink, Repeat, the podcast that defines today's dad. I'm Anthony Palmer. And I'm Michael Smith. Palmer, the derivative of a thousand times the square root of 49 less all of it plus two. I don't know how long you've been co-hosting this show with me, but did you know that I don't fucking do math? I, I, I made it very simple. Two. Two is the answer, my friend. And two <laughs> means the day until Biden is our president-elect. Barring the three days. Not our president-elect. Our president. <laughs> Good Lord. I don't even know what's real right now. So barring no <laughs> crazy news happens in this world be- between uh, us recording this and uh, us publishing this. Yes, that is a um, it's a nice, positive message to start this episode out with, buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome, man. We just interviewed Mr. Neil Furrier, and no joke, I am probably three and a half glasses into bourbon right now. So my math is funny. <laughs> My speech is funny. <laughs> well, at least your math's finally funny for once, because it's normally not at the start of these shows. So you got that working for you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we just got done with a fantastic conversation with Neil. I loved that I felt like the underlying theme that just went through this whole episode was just this idea of problem solving. Uh, I mean, he he talks – his today's dad definition, I, I, I don't even know. I just – I am so pumped we just got done having this conversation. It was it was that good. <laughs> Incredibly talented design engineer with a driven and competitive mentality that is constantly juggling the self-reflective aspect of finding balance for himself, professionally, for his family, and for his kids. And that is not Yeah. There's not an answer to that. Like, that's the point. The point is there's not an answer to that. It is a day-to-day, today, today, today balance and struggle in art and and self-figuring out. That that's honestly the takeaway of this entire episode. Um and it was so enjoyable to have. You say it in the show, man, but I mean this is this is the type of conversation. This is why we started this podcast, is for these these conversations, just the rawness, the honesty. Um it was great. And I will say, and I mean, we don't normally say this kind of stuff at the top of the show, but this is not one to skip anything in. And I, he, Neil, just his, his answer to his lot to the last rapid fire question that we, we asked all of our guests of, you know, what trade of your own do you hope your kids inherit? Just, I prophetically dis- it declared was, it was my favorite answer. Oh, I mean, it's, it's the, it, everybody's answer is great to that always. And it's always such a well, a great way to round the show out. But, I mean, just, I can't wait. I just, I can't wait for you guys to be able to hear this episode. It was so good. Guys. So good. Please leave us a five-star review. No, let's be honest. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let's be, it can be honest. It can be vulnerable. It can be open. It can be negative. It can be positive. Um, More importantly, write us a review and say why the hell you gave us that negative review or positive review. Shoot us a DM, shoot us a, um, an email. Let us know how we can best get in touch with you because we want to give you some free wake dad drink repeat swag. And as always, make sure you share this podcast with a fellow dad. Y'all, we are an independently run podcast. And if you like what you're hearing and would like to support our show, there's a couple different ways you can do that. One of them is you can Buy us a drink on our website. You almost finished your bottle. You finished your desk bottle of bourbon. So that would be a great way to, to I did. replenish your bottle of bourbon, my friend. 
I did. This is a new feature for us guys, so definitely head over to wakedeaddrinkrepeat.com and check it out. The other thing you can do is you can consider supporting one of our affiliate partners. We're going to talk about a few of them right now. Um, And if you want to see our full list, like I said, you can head over to wakedaddrinkrepeat.com and check them all out. And when we get back, our conversation with Neil Furrier. Squarespace. Love it. Can we talk about Squarespace? Let's do it, man. All right. Well, if you are considering a website for a business, e-commerce, professional practice, team, blog, podcast, whatever it may be, check out Squarespace. Dude, we get so many compliments on our website from we do, the layout to how easy it is to find stuff on it. I love that we use Squarespace. No joke. They make not website people website people. Yeah, it's exactly right. They really do, man. Um, One, they have award-winning templates. They have amazing customer service. I've had to ping them a handful of times just for technical help, and it's very easy. It's just that I didn't know where a button was. (laughs) Um, Like, Legitimately, they are all-in-one website solution. If you're looking from a simple landing page to robust e-commerce platform, they're absolutely worth checking out. Please do. And for our listeners, you guys can save 10% off of your first subscription of a website or domain by using code PARTNER10. That's all capitalized all capitalization and no spaces a partner 10 head to uh, wakedaddrinkrepeat.com click on our affiliate link or on this week's um, show notes get you a website who knows maybe you want to build a website about being a dad stuck in quarantine and then you can make a podcast about it i don't know just a thought thank you squarespace (laughs) man i think i owe you 80 bucks i know you owe me 80 bucks. you know i have I love honey. I love using it. I love the amount of money we save without even having to think about looking for internet discount codes. It just happens automatically. But you explained honey gold to me and right <laughs> right before Christmas, once I figured it out, I was able to get an eighty dollar gift card to Target and that was super helpful with our Christmas shopping. You thought I was joking. No, I wasn't joking. So, Honey, you get to shop like normal online. Honey instantly finds and applies the Internet's best codes directly to your shopping cart. It takes two clicks. It's 100% free. And on top of that, you get something called Honey Gold, which is more or less like credit card points after X amount. And on top of your free savings, you more or less get... Honey Gold <laughs> Rewards, which you cash out and make a gift well, card, and, i.e. your $80 Target right. card. And You're welcome. Clearly, I you did a lot of shopping online in 2020, want. and I don't foresee that changing anytime <laughs> soon in 2021. Um, and don't think so. I'm just super stoked to know about Honey Gold now. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> I hope everybody already knows about Honey, but if you don't, head over to this episode's show notes, um, linked in the description, and click on it. Set up your own account. It costs nothing. It costs you nothing. It just saves you money. It's and after so a little easy. bit of shopping, you'll get an $80 gift card, and you'll also owe me $80, just like Palmer does. All I was thinking this whole time we were talking about this ad was to just go, I'm rich, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. All right, everyone. We are joined today by Neil Ferrer. Neil is a husband, dad to Isla and Lennox. He's the owner and founder of Discommon. He's Scottish. <laughs> he makes a mean espresso and he drives a Formula One car on the road. Neil, thanks for joining us today, man. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm working I'm working some new angles on our intros this year. And uh I just figure I like the pace of that one. That was like that was hitting. <laughs> I was good. 
<laughs> I was told recently it's very radio and uh, I kind of like it. So we're going to just keep rolling with it. <laughs> yep. I think it's a good plan. Deal. All right. Well, Neil, man, thanks so much for being here. Um, before we get too far down the road, we do two things here at Wake Dad Drink Repeat Religiously. And the first one is we always talk about what it is that we are drinking on. So my friend, what is it that you're drinking on over in Greenville? I went for I went for the goat, the OG, the original, the it's like the it's like the defining word in uh, Scottish whiskey for me, which is the Mac 18 um, sherry cask. Uh, my company basically started on working with Macallan, so it would have been pretty rude if I'd if I'd rolled into this with a Japanese whiskey or anything like that. Yeah, so it would have been a total dick. Move, it'd be man. very rude. I'm highly <laughs> one of the knives in our back of not being able to do this in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else is belittled right now. I'm drinking it out of one of the the, the whiskey cups that we that, that that we make, which is a, a, a kind of prerequisite in this household. Gorgeous, gorgeous works of art that uh, I assure all of our listeners will have images up so they can see it in our show notes because uh, it's it's jaw dropping stuff, man. Thanks, man. Yep, yep, indeed. Uh, Palmer, man, what are you drinking on? I am on the old reliable desk bottle. I've got the. Are you on your desk bottle? The Jeffersons, which actually that, that I, needs to go away. No, hold on. I filled it it's up. Time with, for that to be. Cash. I filled it up with some that was left. Is it oceans? Is it at least like a quirky Jeffersons? Or? It's not the oceans. No, it's just this is like they're you know just the small batch, which is like it's good for for you know Wednesday night recordings. It just kind of keeps so, everything yeah. a little level. <laughs> He did, Neil. Neil, you you do need to know he was drinking oceans. We got to interview uh, Trey Zoller, the founder of Oh yeah, um, okay. Jefferson. So yeah. so he was at least drinking a, a cool bottle of uh, Jeffersons during that interview. I was I really was. surprised by the ocean spray. Actually, it's great. It's very yeah. good, very very yeah, very yeah, good. It is. And Mikey, from you perched on top of your mountain in Nashville, what are you drinking on, buddy? I'm on Woodford this evening. All right, that's where it's at for myself uh, i'd be happy with either one of you bottles any yep. either one of your bottles i was um, quite genuinely frankly, surprised but. we had a scotch drinker on the night and you're not drinking scotch with them i was i was mm. a little shocked i failed <laughs> I miserably failed because i didn't mail him any i, I, and I apologize I should have pre-prepped you guys and sent you scotch that would have been a really like that would have been a hospitable thing to do you're having me on your show i could have had you in my country well you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said no, but it's okay. We can move forward. Yeah. Or you can, you can still mail them. It's fine. I mean, we'll just talk about you while we drink them. <laughs> it's COVID. There's like a 14 week, you know, backlog on anything. It just right? takes a while. <laughs> That's okay. That is okay, my friend. Well, gentlemen, cheers across um, well, three states, three state lines. We're all touching. We got South oh. Carolina, North Carolina, and Tennessee going on in here. Cheers, cheers, mates. Cheers, guys. Um. All right. Well, Neil, the second thing we do here at Wake Dad Drink Repeat is we define today's dad. So we would love to hear your definition of how you define a today's dad. Defining today's dad, um, I, you know, situational. So my, I guess uh, my wife is, she stays at home um, with the children. And I think about this a lot, but she, uh, I think she's got a hold of the emotional quotient. So, um, you know, she's the, she's the one that deals with most of the terrorizing and all of those things. <laughs> and I think I, I, I consider mostly um, my version of today's dad is going to be drive and competitiveness. So nice. two, two quirks that I think in a world uh, of social media and a lot of youth growing up 
thinking that everything happens to them sort of for free um, or they can just get on Instagram or TikTok and, and make a fortune. Um, I want to make sure that, 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 that my kids uh, understand that, that, that daddy has drive and competitivity and that two of those things, if, if handled correctly, can be very healthy. So for me, those are those are two of my jobs amongst the norm of, you know, being the protector and the, the you know, the, the one that gets buried in the yard and gets beaten up and all of those other things. <laughs> I love that Dude, definition. Bravo, man. Yeah, that's perfect. That's on point. And very, and very, the common thing that we see here on this show is very common with individuals' life story. And this is very in line with your life story in terms of driving competitiveness and easily dovetails into your company discomment. Like, talk about gorgeous individual drive. Like, that is a labor of love, just like your children, mind you. Um, but <laughs> that that is works of art, man, that anybody would be proud of and like one it's incredible to be able to do but then to be able to do it as a father like that's got to be a high level of sense of pride that you get to know that your kids get to see you doing that's pretty cool man thanks um it is neat i mean i, I formally like i bailed from oakley uh the, the sunglass company uh basically when my daughter was born i think you're supposed to take paternity leave to you know <laughs> your wife sure my sure. paternity leave was like if i'm doing this seriously then somebody just gave me a free bunch of weeks and we should probably make sure that i can do this seriously yep um but yeah it's I, like a long vacation yeah, you're like, yeah. I, can, I can do this. I can do this on my own. I, uh, I consider myself very lucky to be to be doing the work that we're doing, but um, also, you know, with a with a distinct measure of, of pressure um, to convey to my kids that it is also real work. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, let alone to my, my friends and peers, they think that they, they they miss the, you know, midnight to 3 a.m. calls with, you know, people in other countries. They miss the the stress, they miss the, you know, the money side of things, the having yeah. to make sure that they're safe. And um, one of the battles for me right now is my kids just kind of think I'm around. Um, and I need them to know that, like, <laughs> dad's still conspiring and calculating and making sure that the family's safe and, and providing. So I'm very bemused and fortunate uh, to do what I do. Uh, but feel a weight on that as well to make sure that they understand that it's still tactical. Has has COVID changed that? Like your your family dynamic, your your home life and your office life, um, has today's world kind of changed that dynamic to the point where it's even harder for the kids to see that you know daddy's actually working and I'm not just always here at the house. Yeah, um, there's been it it hasn't it hasn't so my my employees are remote. So we were extremely fortunate when we entered the, the COVID thing that like, we just kind of kept flowing. Um, you know, we already had the zoom calls down the FaceTimes. Uh, my, my, my designer and my engineer both have remote control of the 3d printers in my office. And, and that all just kind of started rolling. Um, I think the hardest part was probably the same for almost every family in the country, but is the blurring of lines. Um, and my kids not knowing when I was off and, and me not knowing when I was off. Yeah, yeah well said. Um, and that is a continual struggle. I saw the most horrific thing this evening um, when I got home. My daughter, my six-year-old, she had this like plastic phone case. And Lennox, her little brother, comes up and wants to like, you know, wrestle with her or attack or something. And she puts the phone case to her ear and she said, I can't right now, Lennox. I'm on a business call. And I was like, 
oh fuck i did yeah. that <laughs> i did that that's me <laughs> not my wife you know <laughs> yeah yeah um, but that's you know now now you're just you're blurred but we're, we're you know we're fortunate we're in greenville from southern california you know we, we have a yard like we're, we're on an acre and and we I, my my most majestic decision at the beginning of COVID was I got in before the trampolines were sold out and there's like a <laughs> good move. white trampoline in our back. Likewise, man. High five on that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, we just, we just launch them outside. Um, uh, so yeah, man, it's probably a similar topic for everybody, but you know, the balance thing um, I say to my, my wife and I, um, we got married pretty young and I, struggle still but i have to learn to communicate and i try very hard to communicate and articulate like what my what my gut is feeling versus just you know the superficial answers and uh, i tell my wife often that i struggle to know what mode i'm in um and that's that's a very real thing for us um uh, yeah that, that's that, a that's a reality from that is the hardest piece and i think for a lot of people <clears throat> pre covid mike and i both our wives are the you know the primary breadwinners for our families so we were more of the primary care for our kids we both had our own jobs or our own businesses at the time and then the podcast and then you know the role of dad and husband and it's your story you were talking about your son or your your daughter with the phone to her ear my two and a half year old almost three year old said to me the other day i was checking an email while we were running around. We had been running around and I had an email come in. I needed to read. And he comes up and he goes, dad, put your phone up. Like it's the most, one of the most constructed sentences the kids ever said. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Like <laughs> that's first, not good. First sentence run. <laughs> like that's not so a my, my three-year-old is just solely um, fascinated by his pecker right now. Or yes, mine is too. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, and I am, I swear we had sushi tonight. We had some, we had some udon noodles for the kids. And I whispered to my wife in her ear. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he just measured his pecker against the noodle. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. We've not had any profound phone sentences from my son yet. So. Well, we were having dinner. Well, this we, is, this is what we do on the well, show. You're we starting tangent. with what's important. <laughs> we, we're, we're, we were having dinner with some friends the other night for my birthday and um, like COVID style safe. And yeah. um, I feel like I have to clarify that. I don't know why, but yeah, right. everybody but, has to give validators. Yeah. Now. Well, two of the four people that were there have been vaccinated, so it's fine. <laughs> Thank you. But, we were going to ask you to put it on. Yeah, if you could yeah. leave your mask on, thanks. Um, <laughs> but we were, the, the the guy who was there with us, we were talking, and he's got uh, twins that are four or five, four. And uh, he's like, dude, every day one of them, just walking around with his hand in his pants will just look at me and make eye contact and be like, my penis is big. <laughs> and then like, walk <laughs> but like, like right. his most recent panic was the fact that he has balls and he, and he, and he, he asked my wife, he says, you know, what this? I'm like, well, they're your, your, and she's like, should I call them testicles or balls? She goes, they're your balls. And he goes, balls? <laughs> Why I have balls in me? <laughs> the balls come right. out and make me go, I hope not. I don't think you will. <laughs> so many questions to I go have, along with that. I have one more story. We have to we gotta stay on this for a second because I got oh. another funny story about this. <laughs> oh, so when 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 Oliver first kind of started talking and and you know was walking or whatever, he came in our bathroom and my wife had just gotten out of the shower and he walks so she's standing there naked, like fixing her hair or whatever, and he comes up to her and he just looks at her and he goes, 
where pp go <laughs> like you're missing something where the hell is it <laughs> if i this come is- out the shower lennox's sport is just to walk by and go <laughs> oh no oh no Love it. oh that's brilliant oh, all right that's well fantastic. this is uh that's funny. This is all Man, that took a record voice. half a drink to completely devolve. Our <laughs> that, that's it. No, it's, this might be my favorite tangent we've ever taken. It definitely on, is. My it definitely is. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Well, that's I will fantastic. do a. I will do a sweeping weird arc to get us back on here a little bit. Perfect. So, <laughs> as we were talking about the balance piece, <laughs> you were mentioning your company. For for the listeners who are listening that don't know, give us a thirty thousand foot view on what Discommon is, yeah, sure. why you started it, what your what your what it is that you do. We, we are an industrial design and manufacturing firm. So we make pretty shit and we make it real. Um, and uh, the... You make gorgeous shit. <laughs> Thanks. You said pretty. Yeah. The, 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 the public, <laughs> it's fine. The public stuff makes it look like all we do is fancy stuff. But you know what? Actually, fancy is a little bit easier because you get to machine one-offs. You get to use lower volume processes. Um, all of the stuff that gets shown is because we wanted to create a bit of notoriety for ourselves. But, you know, the bread and butter is designing for medical firms and, and consumer electronics and plastic things and stuff like that. There are, there are two avenues. There's the, oh, my gosh, that's a nice 16-foot-long dinner table or, you know, expensive duffel bag or something like that. But those are the, those are the notoriety generators, the cult builders. Um, and, but we're a small team, and, and we pride ourselves on, on hitting hard, and we work with some, some fairly large brands and, and execute – uh, my my sort of mantra is uh, I want a death to fast design. So there's a lot of shit in our world, and um, it doesn't mean it's expensive, but it means that it can be done with care. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are, you know, we're fortunate to we only hold a few clients at a time. Um, we've not got a very good design website for being a design. Like we have a we have a discommon site that shows the cool stuff, right? But with regard to actually advertising, being a design firm, we don't do that very well, and and have been fortunate that if you do if you do good work, it, it passes on, and the you know the sure, sure. The little the, don't build the, it if you don't need it, man. So um, yeah, that's, that's what we do. We we you know today's work was two different medical devices, um, a massive hotel that is being built in London, and. PPE, but that's a whole other tangent. That yeah, said, I can't imagine. <laughs> that was a whole other accident. But today was today was predominantly um, medical, uh, a startup that I'm working on, and um, the, uh, oh my gosh, whatever I said before, my, the my hotel, brain. the hotel. Yes, a big, a, a massive fifty foot long installation of a thing in a hotel in London. <laughs> go go back to your your transition from Oakley very i mean very was you you said paternity leave like why what the how the when like what yeah. what were the triggers in your brain cuz it cuz it very much dovetails into your family card right of being a dad and and playing those what what we want for our family unit um, was that the case yeah i'll i'll back that into my dad um which was he worked for quite a famous hotel called the Glen Eagles Hotel in Scotland and um Glen Eagles has hosted the Ryder Cup before and our whole family's in the golf business and um at a point in time uh Glen Eagles was bought by Diageo and they didn't really want to keep this global golf development company that they had and my dad 
structured the deal to basically take it away for a dollar and and make it his own. It became Ferrier Golf Developments. And you know, I saw my I saw my dad do a thing like where he where he took a a, a risk and parlayed it into providing for the family. And he did it late. Um, he did it, you know, mid forties probably. Um, but you know, I'm I'm old and mature enough. I'm not mature, but I'm mature enough now to, <laughs> to be able to give my dad enough credit for like what he what he did to me with that. You know, I realized like. This dude did a thing, like, and he and he made it real, and he provided a safety and vacations and holidays, and he was able to have an M three, and he, you know, like he did it. So, um, Oakley was just the craziest, you know, gift of a place to work. It was nuts. Um, it could have been toxic if I'd stayed too long, because a lot of people there stayed. They stayed in the twenty two year old mindset, like it's a youthful place to work. But I was always consumed with ideas. I worked in advanced product development and I was given a, a, a blank ticket to go around the world and learn new technologies. And as I was there, I got to start doing a little bit of work on the side with Macallan, um, the whiskey company. Literally happened through whiskey and being Scottish. Um, and uh, <laughs> It seems like profiling, that- like... You know, your God-given right, my friend. But it's profiling. <laughs> profiling. Our CEO was meeting with the guy that ran McAllen um, in a secret bar that we had at Oakley, and they were like, "Neil, you're Scottish." <laughs> our token Scottish guy, come um, over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, our most loved and most hated Scottish guy. <laughs> uh, we, so that was four years probably before I left Oakley, three years before I left Oakley. Um, but there was a point in time when I had matched, I'd matched salary to consulting income. And so at that point in time, my wife and I are like, Oh, this is kind of fun. Like we're going on some pretty good holidays. You know, I was saving up to buy actually the, the, the BMW that my dad had when I was growing up, I'd always wanted one. Um, it, it got wrecked before I ever was insured to drive on it in the, in the UK. And, um, but then, you know, started to come the the tactician that was, that's cool. I've matched it, but I've gotten used to double. You know, I've gotten used to the salary plus this, but I'm also working every night until two thirty in the morning. So something's going to break, and if it's not going to be me, like then something else has to break. And um, Oakley got bought by a massive global conglomerate, um, Luxottica, and there was going to be a round of two or three hundred layoffs, and I, and I still don't really like. I just decided to spit it out and I just, I, I thought I want out of here. I'm too scared to get out of here, but they might lay off somebody who doesn't want out of here. And so I said to my boss, like, you know, I'm, I'm okay with another chapter. Um, if, if I can be the one that goes that lets somebody else that doesn't want to go, like I'm okay with another chapter. And that, that wasn't, I don't mean that in a, Hey, nice, nice work, Neil. That was more just like a, no, I, I no, just, yeah. out. It was the kick in the ass um, you needed to kind of help make it go. And my assistant or our general assistant in the design department at the time sent me a text. Um, her name's T and she was very mean to me always in, in a loving kind of way. I actually just found her a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle for her husband this Christmas. But she um she texted me and she said, nice what the fuck move. did you say to Ryan? Um, I was like, what do you mean? What did you just say to Ryan? And she's like, I don't know. He just came to my desk, grabbed a piece of paper, scribbled something out and like came back and thrust it back to me. And he's really flustered. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm getting fired. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I mean, now I don't know what then. Maybe he took me off the list, you know? And I was like, and then, you know, the layoff round happened five days later and I was, I was laid off. Um, 
And, uh, and I thought, right, I've asked for this. But, um, and that was, you know, I guess our daughter was probably six months old at the time. But that previous Christmas, I had um, really taken the, the paternity leave time to like set up the structure of this common. So was a little well, good for you and drive, man. Like, right. That comes, that yeah. comes down to you living your drive. Uh, that's, uh, you know, change, what change, change is inevitable. Right. But, it, but it's how well you're positioning yourself always. It's how well your drive is to not be just okay with being in the suck and just perpetually accepting it. Um, just always, always pushing yourself, Regardless, for the sake of pushing yourself, for the sake of being a better human being, uh, and wanting that for that. yourself. I don't really. I haven't. I'm, I'm, I try to be relatively introspective, but I haven't really figured out yet where. Like, is my drive a chip off? You know, a chip off the shoulder about something? Maybe like, uh, you, you can you can define drive through many different characteristics, but it's the sense of not wanting to be idle, Mister. Um, owning a formula one car, like you just <laughs> fast, right? Like it's just the need for, it's the need for fast pace. Um, which is that characteristic trait is if I can label it with zero education on myself to label it, but uh, that's what I think it is. No, I think, I think that's fair. I read a fairly traumatic thing, recent traumatic and fascinating at the same time. Sometimes fascinating things are traumatic because of the amount of introspection that they cause, but right. it was that basically, sure. Other than Buddhist monks, you know, all of humanity is in some form of depression because everybody is not at ease. They are all chasing something more. Um, and I, I was like, that's not pa 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 ho. Holy shit. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That didn't even take me long to get Just there. Broke me, you know, and I'm like, yeah, man. Oh, oh, I'm insecure. I am. I'm insecure. And I'm, oh no, I don't think I'm depressed, but I really do want more. You know, and I don't know what more is, but I yeah, you know, this like you know, cascading effect. You know what the good news is about that? I read something today that apparently there's thought that there's a certain antidepressant that may lower your risk of getting uh, COVID or lower the symptoms of it. So we may all be just on antidepressants or more oh, antidepressants than we're already on here in a little bit. And, you know, problem solved, solved, Neil, problem solved. I've got a problem in the, my car cannot physically go faster. So I've, <laughs> I've, I've peaked at one thing and so now it's just like, shoot, got to mountaintop, got to divert. You know, I'm, I'm worried about what's next. It'll be when I tell my wife I'm going to learn how to fly a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, that's when people need to worry. <laughs> so you can keep going. Like where, on that note, like where's, you talk, we just talked about drive, 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 drive. Like where, where's the speed? Where's, where's the halt? Where's the peak? Like what, no, is so it realistic speed? for you to set a life goal and say yes and then sustain? Or like, how do you get Not two point B? But I have, I do have, um, I have effort peaks that I won't go past. So, so by that, what I mean cool. is, I am continually strategizing to get discommon to have income without upping the volume of busy work or volume of work. Oh, that's dry. So yeah, absolutely. Encyclical. Yeah, she will probably have to live a life of me doing more and more diverse things with our family or like, Hey, can we try and go and can we try and live in Italy for four weeks and, you know, in eight weeks or 12 weeks, can we try, you know, I don't know. It'll always be a thing, but, um, 
as we gain a little bit more notoriety, like it's okay to say, I want a percentage of the company if I'm going to work with you, if you're a startup. It's okay to realize if we have some funds that are available that I may start something and that may sell at some point in time. It's okay, you know, we now manufacture um, parts for people. Well, if you've got your manufacturing process down and I have a guy in China who mans the injection mold shop that we have a long experience with, well, that means that income can basically come from an email, which is an order, and knowing that Wade, my guy in China, gets us and protects us via his quality control. So I am i don't have megalomaniac type um, goals of, you know, I want a quarter billion dollar company. I want a hundred million dollar company. I want this. I want, you know, I don't have these sort of exponential ramping growth targets that, that are effort defined. You know, I get really, really challenged by all the Instagram kind of like blogs and, and inspirational influencers or whatever you call them, where you sure. talk about the hustle and the grind and that you always need to grind and you always need to hustle. Um, I, I, if you're in a creative world like that doesn't happen without having some form of down time yeah Um, and i don't feel the need to continually drive myself to exhaustion to succeed i get very tired but it's usually born out of enthusiasm because i've seen an opportunity or a cool thing that i want to try does that difference make sense? Yeah, like, it definitely does. Of course it does. So, yeah, of course it does, man. Take, it's a healthy. It's a healthy level. Take that drive and competitiveness that you're talking about there, and it sounded like when you were talking about your dad there for a bit that there was a lot of that in him too. I know your kids are young, but are you seeing that in them at three and six? Are you? Is it something yeah. that you're? My, my daughter is very competitive. She's she is the fastest. She is you know the best at it, and to points where I probably notice it in a way that I would think is possibly a tad unhealthy. You don't always have to win, mm-hmm. but she's six. You know, um, the the fear that I have from a work standpoint is that that they may think my work is easy, and I think with age and and being open and transparent to them and stuff that they will they will see those things they they missed i mean gosh we you know as a as a, a parlay i've mentioned ppe a couple times but we 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 used one of our medical accessory factories in china that we work with day in day out to try and support prisma which is a huge health group here in south carolina back in march april when america didn't have ppe we started manufacturing masks for them and we got really good at it um, and we brought in a lot uh and but that meant that more and more of our assets and my money was on the line because you'd be buying these things and moving them and landing them. And, you know, my, my kids missed. I had, I had two full-blown anxiety slash panic attacks, one of them in tears, you know, at this kitchen counter. Just uh, our, Basically, the bank froze all the assets because they'd never seen a, a wire come in as big as it was, and then they'd never wow. seen a wire go out as big as it was, you know, within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um I, I need them to see the stuff that like, this doesn't just all happen. You know, I think that's such a funny thing. And I think it's something that's a, that's a real like dad thing. I think to some extent, like my dad's a, a fairly successful entrepreneur in, in his field of safety and health and has started multiple businesses and is very well known and very good at what he does. And I think it's funny sitting 
where I sit now raising kids and looking at him more of this grandfather role and semi-retired and talking with him about his war stories of work and realizing how much of that, just how much of that you didn't maybe see as a kid growing up, but you, you always knew that that work effort was there. Like, you know, it was dad was asleep yep. or dad was awake when everyone went to sleep and was up before everybody got up working. And, and not that you have to do that to be successful, but like that drive component was there. And then talking with him and hearing his stories of like, this is why I do and did all of this because I wanted to provide for you guys to be able to have, X, Y, and Z. And I also really loved my work and it's really fun and I'm very good at it and I have that passion for it, but you're feeding that. You talked about it a lot early too. You're feeding kind of both of those fires of it's the personal piece, but it's also the protector piece. It's the, and I think as kids, that's, or as parents to our kids, it's one of the best things we can do for them is what you're saying of show them that it's not always everything's not always like rainbows and sunshine, but that there's reason for working through those moments when there are challenges, when things do get tough and it's okay to grit your teeth and drive in a little bit on it. You know, one of the, one of the things that I, uh, I know I could do better is, uh, you know, I don't go to the office that early. I mean, when I wake up, I end up doing Europe emails and things like that, but uh, you know, um, I'm in a pretty good balance of taking one of the kids to school and being around. And, and we've been going through this, this house renovate. We have a 1940s house. We've been through a renovation for a year now. And it actually probably got us through COVID because we always had a thing. To Something to do. <laughs> um, yeah, fair. But, you know, I think in my optimistic mind, that means I am around. Megan often points out to me, and I really could get better at this, that it would be like far better if I probably went to the office earlier, but had a full hour without my phone being on or two hours without my phone being on and then just ripcorded and went to the, to the office, even if the kids were still around or even if, you know, it, it like, mm-hmm. because I'm not so good at quality time versus quantity of time. And because she's the EQ, she's the emotional quotient, you know, she's, she's, next the flight controller and she's seeing all of this and and, I, and it it kills me sometimes because i i don't realize it or see it in the moment um and that that's a tough thing as a dad and I, you know i think if i were to do an entire speech on being a dad it would be my challenges with balance um you know well that's a super good segue because that's literally the next thing on our uh, outline. Our next head bullet is balance. So, because, because I mean, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you, man. I mean, you, I, not only from your guest form you filled out, but then just what we've been talking about. I mean, you've got a lot on your plate. And even with having a stay at home significant other, which is a huge blessing at times to know that your kids are, you know, with somebody that's taking care of them and, and all that good stuff. But it's you, it also shines a spotlight on what your spouse has, like you just said, Neil. Like yeah. what your spouse, the control, the EQ that your spouse has, living that role versus what you do because you're trying to juggle so many professional things as well. So it it kind as great as it is, it, it never should be viewed negatively. But um, as great as it is to have the stay at home spouse take care of the kids, it kind of exacerbates the other half of the equation that comes by looking to have that quality time and then realizing it's either half-assed or I can't put the phone down or this is, I'm, I'm not given this opportunity or like there's always that um, kind of, kind of bitter pill that the catch other side to swallow. Yeah, yeah it, I, it is. I it really is. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I, I, 
you know, the, that movie, the, the social dilemma. And, you know, we, we have, we, we have uh, had this flipped over beside me, but we have addiction. Oh, we, I'm projecting. We have addiction problems. We do. Um, <laughs> and, uh, what I often just wonder is how we can get taught to detach and stop and it's very easy to say just turn your phone off and and have it off for an hour or be present for two hours or something like that but it, it it's just a lot harder to do it yeah or I've of got a moment and you know i mean i've got so tonight i've got this i've got this container of of gloves sitting in a port in vietnam um and we managed to get a hold of an extra container of almost 3.3 million gloves and uh, uh I'm going to lose it. And, and the, one of the hardest commodities in the world to find right now is gloves for hospitals. Um, and I, I have a hospital in Virginia that's trying to figure out whether they want it or not. And I'm trying to figure out if I'm going, if my three containers that I know are coming are going to get too far away from it in the port, that I'm going to be a shit show when I land in the US and I'm going to be in different positions in a boat and I'm never going to be able to get them to be leaving the, the port in Long Beach. And if somebody told me to turn my phone off for all while you're supposed to be disconnected so like, you can have an hour with your kids spaghetti with us right now. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And, 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 yeah. and uh, you know, during the start of COVID when I was doing all this, um, I mean, you know, I think you're probably just supposed to speak openly on this. I made more money this year than I would have ever assumed was possible, but it was because at the time during COVID when everybody was getting this incredible, crazy, like family time, like there was a period, like it's hard now. And, and, you know, there's a, there's obviously the, 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 the trauma of the welfare, the welfare checks and the fact that, you know, like, I feel like our economy's propped up in a bubble and there's all sorts of things oh, that yeah. happen now. This like glory six weeks when everybody was kind of on vacation, you know, all my friends at Oakley were like, Hey, they, they furloughed 90% of people at Oakley and they bring them all back in three months. We just got told to have a vacation. They're paying us 80%. And you know, they all mountain bike for three months and I worked 18 and a half hours a day. Um, and Jeez. I'm carrying a lot of guilt about that because I probably could have done three months of time in the, the yard with the family. But in those three months, I probably set up my family's safety if I was to die in a plane crash or I was to get sick or anything like that. And I, and I'm, I just don't know what the right answer is, you know, and I don't know that we're supposed to know a right answer, but I know that I checked off a thing this year mm-hmm. where I've never had this feeling in my soul before where I'm like, Oh shit, I did it. I could die and they could be okay. <laughs> and I know that's really, I know that's really morbid. Oh, but it's no, it's not. Problem. Like oh, as the sole provider, like I did, I managed to kind of do a thing because I always felt protected by my dad. Like I felt like he kind of had this down, and um, and you know my my financial advisor. Don't 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 get carried away. It's not like some stratospheric amount of money, but it's it's just an amount of money that can now like it can earn in the stock market and it can um, yeah it can provide. So, but I lost something that I could have had with my kids during that period of time, and I, I'm not like gone all the time i mean i think the fact that i you know i get to take my kids to school and my daughter came to the office today from five till seven o'clock and we picked up dinner on the way home and she drew the new layout of my office space you know i printed out six floor plans and she told me where a car was going to go when i pull it into the office and stuff but i but you know this this being present is my is my eternal battle well but there's that <laughs> to me and you're not that you're here to have advice from palmer but like 
to me, yeah. I would think you, you, <laughs> you, you look at a situation like that. And I mean, Mike and I were talking about this. I don't remember who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, but I was talking about being at the spot where I've been so burned by being with my kids nonstop since March that I feel like November and December, I turned into just a shit parent and like told all the positives that I had made. I feel like I just like threw out the window in two months. Cause I was like, fuck, I'm so tired of you all being around, you know, yeah, yeah. but that's actually very reassuring for me to hear because <laughs> just the other end of the it's the other end of it. But moments where I, I mean, I said it to my wife at the weekend. I'm like, people are like, why are these psychopaths just now? <laughs> you know, I just like, and I said to her, you know, what's actually really hard and why maybe sometimes I sort of check out into my phone is maybe like my whole day needs reshuffled around because you arrive home at five 30. Like I don't, I, just, I don't, I basically never work until nine or something like that. I, I'm always on, but like office, I'm I'm there from ten till five thirty, um, and uh, but the, you know, when you when you get up in the morning, you try and do the school run. It's the crazy time, and if mm-hmm. you haven't slept well or something like that, it's batshit crazy. It's crazy. Then, period. They could have the best night of sleep in their lives, and it's yeah. Yeah. Crazy as hell. Or six, and it's the witching hour of yep. everybody beating the shit out of each other with golf clubs and sticks and like trying to figure out dinner. And then there's like war before bed. And I'm like, I would like the tender moments, but like I had, you know, I had to get it with my daughter in the car today. And it was cool. Like we were, we were driving to work. She's like, Daddy, when did you start your company? I was like, What? <laughs> I told her, I was like, Interestingly, I left six, six years ago, really, when you were born. And she's like, Ha, huh, can we have sushi tonight? <laughs> Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right. Almost had a thing. <laughs> well, you just ruined this. Joke, you ruined this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll get sushi, but you ruined it. <laughs> Honestly, to like to that note for both of you guys, like it's both ends of the spectrum. And the point is to recognize it. The point is is to try to find a more center. It would be unhealthy to be oblivious to it. It'd be unhealthy for Neil, you to just drive off and just earn, 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 earn. Clearly yeah. you are a brilliant mind. Clearly you have the ability. Clearly you also have the ability to want to play the dad card as well. So you'll, I bet you'll never find that balance. It'll always be a personal struggle for you. But the point is it's on your radar to the point where you can turn the knobs um, when you see fit. Because that's going to be – those knobs are going to be for the good of you and for the good of your family and for the good of your kids. That's how you're going to be turning them. I'm mostly grateful for the fact that I can see when I'm not doing it well and that my wife and I have a healthy enough relationship to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. she brought it up about a week ago. We're lying in bed. I'm like, the only thing I want to do is sleep. And she's, you know, 1130. And she's kind of like, pokes me. She's like, hey, why are you angry with Lennox today? And I was like, oh, God, we're doing a thing. <laughs> I just wanted to sleep. Now. We're doing this now. And I, I ended up feeling so guilty. So what, what happened, you know, we were like having, we were wrestling. So they're, they're well into their wrestling with Daddy. Like, I'm like they're good. They're, Thank you for killing that bottle. Sorry, I'm their, go ahead. Uh, I'm their physical, uh, you know, I'm their physical side of things as well. You know, I'm the bear that, that picks them up and throws them around. And we have these big wrestling matches in the bed, and I don't know what it was. You know, Lennox is, I don't know, his voice was too high pitched, or he just kept on going, and it was just far too many daddies or something. Um, and I, at some point, I stood up and I kind of snapped, and I was like, "We got to stop, 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 stop! It's done." And you know, he like. 
stumps off with his little like three year old arse, just like thump 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 yeah. thump thump. <laughs> and and you know, tells tells mommy he's like my daddy's so mad and and, and, and like. It wasn't fair in him, and I felt I ended up sleeping in his bed that night. You know, I felt like shit. Uh, and Meg brought it up, but I think so long as we can have those chats, you know, we can we can kind of have those moments as well, where course, we man. where we bounce back from it. Um, but it is wild to it's wild to see at three how much they're being shaped. So much, yes. Like absolutely, shit, so I didn't much. get to like nine or something. Like, can't you let them be like yeah. a child? Like, can I get a bit of a freebie where not that much is happening? Yeah. I want to be able to yeah. fuck up for a little bit longer with you before it bites me in the ass. Like, can I get- and so as a, it's not a, it's not something I talk about that often. My mom died fairly unexpectedly um, about uh, over ten years ago. Ten years ago now, um, a pretty horrific battle with a second round of cancer and. I, I have, you know, some sort of emotional breakdowns at moments in time where I just think, fuck, my mom would have done this right. And I need yeah. her right now as a grandma to be around because I would have asked her some of these questions. She was good. And my wife knows it as well. My wife would have, my, my wife's mom is also gone. And, and that's actually really hard. Like yeah. both of us had good mother figures. And, and so now we're, we're fucking some of this stuff up without even being able to ask our moms about it. You know? And I, and I see it from my dad where my dad is now carrying this kind of like guilt of like, dude, I don't even remember what your mom would have done right now. Cause I was a businessman and I'm like, Oh my God, that's me. You know? <laughs> oh shit, dude. That's, yeah. yeah, man. That's some introspection yeah. right there. That's yeah. it really is. Um, it really is, man. <laughs> That's oh, that, hard. That, that's heavy. I think that I mean we we've said it twice now, but it's like that is the, and it's interesting for you kind of talking in your today's dad definition about drive and competitiveness because those two things, and you said it really well at the end about how if they're handled correctly, they can be huge assets. Like having your wife lean over to you at eleven thirty at night and be like, "Hey, what was going on with that?" The competitive and the drive factor in somebody, if that's not an emotion that's controlled well, could be like, fuck you. I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> like I got this under control. I this, you know, but but you're sure. you're open to the learning. You're open to the and like th- that again, that's that's the example that we need to be setting. That's the huge like if we can if you can leave and set that example for your kids, party on. And we you know? we have that um Oh, there's still times when I, you know, my, my, my parents were harder on me than Megan would be on the children. And I grew up with a healthy, I idolized my dad. I got to go to business meetings with my dad when I was far too young to go to business meetings. He would take me to dinners in the country club at Glen Eagles. And it would be with like we were businessmen, you know, it'd be like with Jack Nicholas. I mean, it was like crazy shit. And, wow. and he trusted that I could sit there and shut up and, and, and I would suck it in. I'd suck everything in about it, but I had a healthy intimidation to my dad as well. Like he could turn and bark at me. And like, if he turned and barked at me, you stopped that shit that you were doing. Yeah. Um, and I bark at our kids sometimes if somebody's going to get hurt, if somebody is straight out of line, if, if, you know, your daughter's doing the thing where she goes to grab your kid's pecker or she's just doing something <laughs> wrong. Right. And you just are like, no, this is not the, you don't do that. Yeah. You, you make a noise, yeah. you know, you make a part, you make a something and, Quit and pecker grabbing. 
Megan is, <laughs> I just, sometimes, you know, a mother, you just, you can't, I can't fathom sometimes how she has the patience to be like, you don't need to do that, Neil. You don't need to bark at them. You don't need to shout. You say, hey, Megan, uh, Isla, take a moment, take a breath, think inside yourself. Um, you know, think about your feelings, what's happening right now, what's going on. Are you hungry? Are you tired? That's the hardest thing in the world to do as a parent. It's the hardest, that is the hardest thing as a parent <laughs> to do i have a nine-year-old that is the my daughter anderson she is one of the um most stubborn driven uh naturally gifted individuals on the face of the earth and when she when she when that kid i'm i am scared for the world in a good way when that kid figures out how to hone all of those skills when she mm-hmm. figures out how to manage those emotions i mean she is she she will be a force to be freaking reckoned with on this earth whatever it is that she ends up doing right. and i'm so excited to see what that is but parenting that right now is a fucking challenge <laughs> and what you just said right there everything from about your you know your mom thinking about your mom and whatever like i'm very fortunate i still have my mom we have a great relationship we talk all the time and there are so many times where especially with my wife being in yard ER doc and having a crazy ass schedule there's plenty of nights oh, wow. where like okay. I, I didn't know that that's that yeah so you are you are you have to be a chameleon in your time oh dude all the time all the time yeah. and it's and it's like like a, a night like tonight my <laughs> my wife's at work tonight and i was i had meetings and stuff all day and picked up both kids from school had appointments with one of them like we were just running and hustling and bustling and dinner baths and both kids were just exhausted and both kids were just kicking my ass trying to go to bed and i you know barked is a nice word for what i did to to one of them and uh you know the other one it was just like every little thing i was just like boop 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 and the better thing would have been to have looked at her and been like what is going on yeah, crouch down, get on their level. You, why are you yeah. feeling like this? What is it that I can do to help you right now? And instead it was like, all right, you know what? I have a podcast to do. You get to go to bed. Bye. Good night. Go grab a book. <laughs> go lay in your bed and read. I'm done. Like I'm done fighting. I'm done arguing. Yeah. I'm done bickering. Yeah. Like we're just done. And I will do what you said earlier. And I do feel and continue to feel like shit about it. And I'll go up in her room and give her a kiss before I go to bed and yeah. contemplate you know, waking her up to be like, sorry, daddy was an asshole, you know, but (laughs) I'll make her an extra muffin in the morning and it'll be fine. But it's like, that is, that is the hardest, the hardest thing to do as a parent, I think as maybe as a dad, maybe not as a parent, but like that. I guess how lucky are we that I I suppose, how lucky are we that we even give a fuck to actually have this discussion and talk about it and figure it out? Because there are other dads that I know, I mean, that, that are, that are even close to us or even moms who are just detached. Yeah. Like they can just exist beside me. And the moments I have with my wife that crack me up the most are like, you know, we'll be cooking and maybe there's like a moment of, less carnage over here where they're building <laughs> something and I'm in, I'm in the kitchen right now I'm talking to you guys and um I'm like Meg why does he talk so much <laughs> <laughs> noise all the time that's amazing being this non-stop noise and I just wonder sometimes like what if you guys were just quiet for a bit like that would be <laughs> yeah. you know what would be great <laughs> 
<laughs> that's funny. That's how this man, Neil. That's that's how this uh, podcast got started. Just Palmer and I talked forever, um, talked forever in a day. We went on like we went on a camping trip. Um, who knows how long ago now? Time. There's no linear time in my mind anymore. Um, 19 decades ago, we went on a camping trip. 1972. Wait, what? Uh, Thank you. At least. It had to have been January of 19, Mike. It was pre-Christopher Columbus. That's all I remember. But but like the the point was just like our our talking and our talking and our talking about this. Like this is what we were talking about. And like that that was more or less the creation of this podcast. It was like, dude, like dads don't talk about this shit, man. Like outwardly, like there's got to be some out there that do want to do this. (laughs) Like there's got to be a platform to to normalize this as much as possible. so, So maybe we can, I don't know maybe become smarter you and i that could be a self-fulfilling goal of this podcast or maybe we could like join and share stories for other people um that's 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 spot on i mean i think we've hit on like my main what could you do better as a dad neil what could i do better as a dad i could do this (sighs) (laughs) right yeah man practice the pause right like that's the (laughs) like you know that like that that would probably be like a majestic change in my life, you know, if I could just, or I'm six, three, like if I could just squat down more, (laughs) (laughs) my knees don't do that so good as much, you know, it's like, Oh God, I got to squat again. Um, You guys hurry up and get taller, please. Shit. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) It's not fair for us, man. Zoom. We have no idea how tall people are. I was going to say, you just said six, three. I would would not have guessed. I don't hold this against me as a, as a Scottish guy, because I know y'all don't always like being we're confused all, from the same companies, but I've been sitting here the whole time thinking you look like a hell of a lot like Mark Cavendish, which I don't know if you know who Mark Cavendish is oh, or not. Really funny. I've had, yeah, yeah it's not the, that's not the first time that somebody said that. And I'm, so I, in my mind, you're like this little five, yeah, nothing I'm, fucking I'm, sprinter I'm, on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a bunch of time at Oakley, and I sure don't look like Mark Cavendish from Nixon. <laughs> God, if I could have those thighs, though, man, I would be right? a bite. <laughs> oh man, Your you thigh could... envy. Oh yeah, dude, that that guy. <laughs> and if if Mark Cavendish listens to this episode, we you know would love to have him on the podcast. So whenever uh, I don't know, that we'd understand him. Oh, at I'm all, talking. Like, but... There's a whole bunch of people I'm going to force to do this now. My friend Abner, who's um, he's in a band called Johnny Swim. Um, they are yeah. Uh, so he's Abner and Amanda are really good friends of Meg and I, but Abner would be brilliant. I'm going to make him do this. And because he's been a life of trying to figure out, like they just stopped touring for a year. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they got kids and they, they have a TV show on discovery now. Uh, but uh, I'm going to make Abner do this with you guys. Cause you will probably spend most of it crying, laughing, you know, well, That's you've perfect. said it That's on the podcast now, so it has to happen. So if anybody's ever been it's backed live. into a corner before, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right here. FaceTime him once. Uh, my my um my assistant uh basically lives for them, and I didn't know this, and I never mentioned that they were good friends <laughs> over in California, and um you know she kind of knew them on the church circuit, and then they grew a lot as, as a band. And I just to fuck with her one day. It was like a Christmas party. I just FaceTimed Abner to say hello. And I'm, I, I did this and I thrust screamed and started crying in the office. And I was like, Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the most awkward way possible, the only thing she managed to verbalize was, can I see your baby? <laughs> <It's> like, oh, <laughs> 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 right. 
Sorry, I've never seen those... that again. You know, this is a, that's yeah. a bad. I won't make that mistake again. What would you do? <laughs> what would you do if you were to meet your idol right now? Apparently, yeah. I'd ask him about his baby. That's, yeah. that's what would happen. Out crying. I met my idol. <laughs> I met I met Michael Jordan once, and all I managed was Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I did. <laughs> That's all you mustered up. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, That's pretty good. So go, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop us back on a train. You're clearly you're very creative. You're very intelligent. You're very opportunistic in seeing in advantages, especially on just product opportunities, business opportunities. Um one where where did that come from from you, do you think? Okay, here's a part of that answer. My degree is in mechanical engineering. I have a master's mm-hmm. degree in mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering is problem solving. Um, and I would say that I have lived a life of problem solving in many different ways. I did crew at a very competitive level in college. And um, crew is a fascinating thing. Um, yeah. on, a, on a 2K uh, sprint on the water, four strokes in, you have passed your anaerobic threshold. And so four strokes in, you're basically dying. And you have about another 196 to go. And so crew is problem solving. It's basically, you know, how do I stay alive? How do I mediate like what my, what my body is doing? And mechanical engineering is just a series of problems. And one of the things I can do is fly at 30,000 feet pretty darn comfortably. And I can fly above and I can strategize below. And I can move playing cards around in my head visually. I'm, I'm very visual in my brain. And uh, I, I don't easily, I sometimes do, but I don't get overwhelmed with tough challenges. I, I piece together steps and I break them down into manageable chunks. And my, my good boss at Oakley, Carlos, um, had a, a problem is just a wall in your path. But a wall is not insurmountable. Um, a wall can be climbed. It can be knocked over. It can be burrowed through. It can be gone under. It can be gone around. You can fucking ninja jump over it. You know, like a wall. Is- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So figure out what your ninja powers are, right? And, and I'm, I can get past walls. Uh, so that's maybe not the entire thing, but I, um, I enjoy the 30,000 foot plotting. And I'm very fortunate that I built a team around me it's actually just in the past six months, like I've actually started letting them just have meetings and I don't go and stuff like that. And I can't even tell you the, like what, so. Uh, that steps to balance my friend. Yeah. So we talked, talked to, I may, I forgot to mention this earlier when you're talking about like, what are your goals? What do you try and get to? I want to buy time. Like I want to have enough money to buy time. <laughs> and, and you can, you can purchase time in the day by having people that take them away from you. Now, if I have employees that I have to go to the meeting with and I have to meet with them after, I bought no time. I've wasted time in having that employee. But if I have a, an employee that I can send to that meeting and get a two minute update afterwards, bang it, bought 58 minutes, like, like wicked. So that, that is, you know, I'm, I'm really into those strategies. And, and again, I'm not a, the people listening to this or you know, your, your listeners, like this is far from a dude who's independently wealthy and has a massively successful company. What I have is a comfortable living where I have managed to delegate enough. I don't delegate, sorry, I've managed to delegate some, I don't delegate enough yet, 
but that I am working to continue to bring in slowly people that I get to delegate things to, um, to, to not aspire for the stratosphere, but to continue to try and allow a comfortable living with, um, without losing myself, I suppose. Yeah. Hey man, that, that is, ex- that's not just drive for the sake of drive. That is systematic. That is a it's strategy of delegating. Uh, it's absolutely intentional. You are trying yeah, to build no, your empire for the freedom of time, not to marry yourself to your projects, but to do something that you love so you can watch your engine work. Yeah. And I, and I, and, and I do, I enjoy that. The, the downfall of it is I enjoy it so much that if I get efficient at something, I bring in something else. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. That like made time for another project. Yeah. Look at all this time I, I have. Do, what else can I do? I bought a new <laughs> office building. Did I buy a building that was good that we could move into? No, I bought a fucking derelict building that hadn't been lived in for seven years. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Train Spotting, but our toilets in the building would give a run for money for the, tra- the, the toilet that you were nice. train spotting. So nice. like okay, now I'm a fuck, now I'm a land developer. Like, oh, shit, I did it again. You know? <laughs> but again, I've just had to break that down into a series of like strategic moves. And, and it's so hard not to say yes to because you buy a derelict damn building for $620,000 and you see the path to spending 300 on it and you know that the valuation of it is going to be 1.4. How do you, like, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I going yeah. to say? No, it's no, too. I'm gonna find yeah. to do it. It's too practical, yeah. and you know that you can, you know that it's possible to figure out how I'm to do it, it, right? And this is my disease, you know. I do have a question, and you said something about ninjas and walls. And do Scottish ninjas wear kilts? Because <laughs> that's all I've been thinking about while you've been talking. Yep. Um, um, I have a. There's a kilt. Uh, 17 yards from here or something like that. Yep, the, the kilt is around. I don't wear it as much in South Carolina, but it does. It goes to weddings. Um, it's gone to some football games. I'm yep. less concerned about you wearing a kilt and more concerned about ninjas wearing kilts because I just feel like that's a visual that <laughs> I... Getting around your walls. One of the most advanced maneuvers that anybody can do in a kilt is mass mooning of the opposition. <laughs> <laughs> just like your son talking about his noodle. Tell me something more traumatic than an extremely white 45-year-old guy bending over and mooning the opposition. Not much. Not much. That's a very, that's a very, uh, that's a very good On point. soccer game. <laughs> On so, point, man. I love that. Neil, within your your creative paths and your do you see that um do you see that in your kids? Do you see that creativity in them? Um, is that something that you Yo, you hope that they get? what's wild is is the nature versus nurture thing and and and, uh like just astonishingly different humans as the two kids um and isla is athletic and creative um and she is she is like horrifically a version of me um uh, i mean i have a a tattoo of artwork even that she did um that that is uh, that's cool Oh, that was not bad. I could get that tattooed on me. Like that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> and Lennox is <laughs> Lennox. Lennox walks like this, and he just you know he, <laughs> things, he hits walls, and he's just like a little. He's a little like emotionally soft thug, um, and, it, and he's such he's such a nice little kid. And he you know he gets hurt, his feelings get hurt and stuff. 
but he's also like bam bam as well and we didn't do that to them like 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 they just came out of that like you know isla was curating colors and aligning color pencils and all sorts of things you know very very young on and and um you know to the to the point where one of our good good friends is a a behavioral oh i don't know she's a psychologist therapist with kids that you know have have sensory issues and stuff like that and you know we we, we talked to her about things because i like would just sit with a, a stack of pencils and she'd align them and color them and stuff like that and really turned into anything but um you know, it's Lennox trippy because stuff. your two kids are my two kids like in the exact same order that's my daughter and that's my almost three-year-old son is just he's the most um, Lennox a stick you'd be like a stick uh-huh. <laughs> 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 number two crack and then when you said no it would be yep it'd be it'd be <laughs> measuring the stick against his penis yeah <laughs> well <laughs> duh i mean that <laughs> Uh, I think um, the episode title for this episode is just going to have to be (laughs) penis. Perfect. Uh, The the things that I I worry about and that I wonder about often are like, okay, but I want to teach them the other things. Like, like Isla is so sort of loudly emotional that I want to teach her to be quiet. I want to teach her to be introspective. I want to, I want to, I want to see her be able to apologize. She struggles to apologize because there's just like such a heightened level of, of, I don't know, energy happening there. Everything's almost like frantic. And, and I would love to be able to see her just be like, I'm really sorry I did that. Whereas like, if she breaks something or does something like the reaction is like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't want to talk about it. You know? And, and, um, if you have Lennox today, be like, daddy, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to break it. <laughs> Two different worlds, yin and yang, man. Anyway, so, like, as a yeah, do I see elements of me? You know, hundred percent. Um, but equally, uh, man, nature was just wild to see. Just two structures. Isla's long legs. She's athletic. It's lean. She's hard. Um, and, and they're just they're just different shapes, and it, all that just amazes me. It is pretty uh, nuts, man. Awesome, man. Yeah, that, 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 yes, that it is. was cool. Like, like we didn't do that. You just came out. You were already prepped for that. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, we kind of uh, did. Let it. me go. <laughs> um, t- tell me about uh, talk about that moment you realized you were going to become a dad. Oh shit! It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Good. I'm not telling you about the actual moment, but okay. Two things. This is funny, man. I hope like I hope a lot of wives don't like watch this show. I hope it is mostly dads. Um, <laughs> number one was all of the people that warned us that it could take six months to get pregnant, and it took one try. <laughs> one yep. Both kids took one go. Apparently, they swim real good. That was a, like. <laughs> That was a shock. Like, oh, yeah, okay. It takes a long time for some people. For other people, it doesn't. <laughs> yep. Was it? Was it like a like a meeting? You and your wife. You're like, let's try. Like um, the cl- we're starting now. No, we'd we'd had a rough. You know, we got married early on. We'd had a rougher patch in our in our marriage where we had to like try and like learn each other a bit better. My my problem was I didn't I didn't communicate. I got this tight knot yeah. in my stomach, and I was like, fuck off. I didn't I didn't speak it. It just gave me tension. And we kind of got out of that. And I think as we were starting to feel like we were a bit more relaxed, like, we, you know, kids were on the horizon. Like we were okay mm-hmm. with doing a kid, but we were okay with doing a kid that was like coming in six months or, you know, we're going to be pregnant in six months. Oh, some people are having a tough time. 
But the actual pregnancy was brilliant because I am a car nut. Like I live for the internal combustion engine. So I mentioned that I had been, you know, these dual incomes, I've been working very hard, I've been consulting. And my dad, when I was growing up, he had this car called a BMW Z3 M Coupe. So the Z3 was kind of like a hairdresser's car. It was like a little convertible. But these these two nut job engineers at BMW in Spartanburg in South Carolina stuck a hardtop on it and they made it like a shooting brake. And then they put the engine from the M3 in it and it's an icon. So he had it and I bought one. I got one, uh, an extremely clean one. So a number of years ago. And um, I finally plucked up enough courage to do a track day in it. And we went to a track called Chuckwalla and um, I had my, my car prepped for it. I had different suspension for it. I had the right tires. And I was like, I'm finally getting to do this. And it was like biblical. Um, <laughs> it, it was two days and the machine was everything I could have ever dreamt it to be. And worse still, I was really fast. Like I, I, I was good at it too. <laughs> I, I came home and I was like, babe, <laughs> We got a problem. We got a driver. Like, ha, babe, I think I got to take a pregnancy test. And I was like, <laughs> I was for a day. <laughs> and um, it was like, it, it, yeah. I've had friends who've had like less fun becomings of a, uh, being a parent and stuff. And I think, I, I, I think she's maybe like abandoned me. She's in she's in our room somewhere. But um, we had a fun finding out we were pregnant. Like she's like, it's not possible, is it? I'm like, well, it's only one time possible based on. The- <laughs> like, I, oh, I'd been in like I don't know. I'd been in Korea or something for uh, t- two weeks before it, or you know, like like we literally had like mm, nah. Uh, and she's like, I think I have to. I'm like, really? And, and I was the one who who had the stick, and I was like, just like. Fuck me, it has the lines on it. <laughs> I can't be a race car driver. And, Damn it. And I just, like, I, I just remember being like, how did it happen the day after I became a race car driver? <laughs> I was both so if we were to say, what was your shortest career ever? You yeah. would say a race car I was, driver. We both just looked at each other and we're like, we have to travel. <laughs> like, we need to travel things like quickly. We have so much oh, to do awesome. and we have like seven months to fucking do it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, and, and Lennox was basically the same, same scenario of like, there's no way it'll happen as quick a second time type of thing. Um, so you know, we, we were very positive stories from that standpoint. It was, you know, oh, that's great, man. Considered and, and sort of thought through and, and, and another thing that points in time I, I carry guilt for because we've had people in our lives that have had such a hard challenge. Did you guys both, do you, you know, do you have, you have IVF experiences? Do you have, you Oh know, yeah. Palm, Palmer and I, Palmer and I live that same, uh, like juxtaposition, man. Um, I likewise, I live your story. It was very easy for my wife and I and Palmer, like IVF, like the whole, yeah, my, my, uh, my, my daughter, um, came with my wife when we got married um and uh but she's uh, adopted her after we got married so she's she's mine um and our son oliver was the product of i don't know it was like four or five miscarriages and failed ivfs and all this kind of shit and then we had it's kind of funny it's because it's kind of like what you were saying we had we were like we were going to try ivf one more time and my wife has this girls trip she does every year with all of her like 
girl she grew up with they call it their clam jam and um (laughs) 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 so you know it's whatever they they like to eat we need to make them hats and shirts uh michelle made koozies and shirts the year they went to new orleans that said clam jam 20 whatever it was on the back which i was super proud of her for but anyways um nonetheless she was she was getting ready to do her 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 clam jam trip and she's like i don't want to do i want to take a break from ivf i want to go on this trip and like not have to think about it and not worry about it i'm like yeah absolutely like we'll we'll figure it out when you get back and same deal i mean we i don't know i don't know when it happened i'm still not 100 percent sure oliver's mine um and i can only say that because i know michelle will listen to this and punch me for it later but um it's the same deal man it's like we, we went to this football game and we both got entirely too drunk. And the next morning she was like, I feel like I need to take a pregnancy test. I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. And you should have done that before last night. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. And so we're both like sitting there with a hangover looking at this pregnancy test. Like, Oh fuck. So many bad things. <laughs> so many good things. Like what do yeah. we do? <laughs> and then we were, we were very fortunate that everything worked out perfectly fine with him after so much craziness but it's funny how many i mean truly what you said one of my one of my dear friends has shared that same thing with me of he's like man we were pregnant around the same time and i had so much guilt over being happy about being pregnant knowing what you guys were going through and man it's just life like we you know we're all it's a little different i mean isla came out i um meg almost doesn't even remember this but you know she had a massively long labor and isla came around cord twice around her neck blue i mean i saw a dead baby um and i I have never been helpless in my life. And I just stood there as like, you know, 16 people came into the, I just can't even, I still to this day can't remember how fast people came into the room when somebody said, this is bad. Um, And, and I still probably have trauma thinking back. I mean, she, he's just, he's just holding Isla by the head. You know, he's just hanging a rag doll basically. Yeah. And he's just driving this thing down her throat so that he could get air in. And and Meg's just laying there talking to the to the delivery nurse, getting like sewn back up or whatever, or just you know getting I don't know fixed. <laughs> I don't. <Yeah. laughs> and I have no idea any of this is going. And I'm just like lost in a corner, staying, staring at this blue thing. Um, and it, you know, it, it was one of these like defining moments of 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 the instance that happen in life. And all right, it turned this way, could have turned that way, you know, yeah. and it. Uh, Yes, you know we, we have we have countless of them to look back on as as humans. But um, I do find myself quite often, like if I'm in Isla's bed, like having you know put her to sleep tonight. Hey Siri, set an alarm for twelve minutes. That just so that I could like, oh shit, I just set an alarm for twelve minutes on my computer <laughs> 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 to listen to me. Um, uh, but I did that so I could like fall asleep with Isla for, you know, have a little 10 minute nap because I just, I like looking at her in the moments yeah. when I like look over and be like, man, I saw you like not here. Um, and those, those are, those are terrifying things with dad. I have those moments with Oliver at times. Cause I think, and I mean, we were fortunate that everything went pretty well with hit with him delivery and Michelle's pregnancy with him and everything. But like I said, we had had multiple miscarriages at that point and we were with a, we were with a, um, a fertility doc for the first trimester, even though he wasn't conceived with IVF or anything. And then we were with a high risk doc for the second and third trimester. And it meant that we went and got an ultrasound every week. 
And after everything we had been through, I remember sitting in the ultrasound room or, or heading to an appointment or sitting in the ultrasound room with Michelle and saying, you know, I just, I hate that. I feel like we go to these things for me to be proved that our baby is still alive and not that to check on how our baby's doing. And, and I, I mean, I still to this day, man, I mean, I, I, I hate this. I, I, I love my two kids. I'm very happy with just having two kids, but it is, you talk about the trauma piece and it's like, you couldn't pay me to try to have another kid because I just, that it was such an unfun and it's not supposed to be that way, but for me and for us through, through all of our, that we went through, it was such not an enjoyable experience for me. The pregnancy piece, everything once the baby's out is wonderful, but it's that nine months, eight months, whatever, like just sucked. It was so yeah, stressful. I have a logical block on like, percentage chances like yeah <laughs> it's like a family like my my buddies that like grew up with three kids in the family one of them's a degenerate and if there's four kids like you're like one of them is definitely degenerate. <laughs> and like i have this mental block of like really good with two like they're healthy and they're both like, pretty cool like i don't i don't want to keep we're rolling, rolling the dice man. we're just it's a roll the dice three. <laughs> how many do you guys roll the stats oh, yeah. card how many do you guys have Two, two, both two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. To me, it felt a little bit irresponsible as well. Like, I, don't, I mean, I don't. Do we do it? Like, I don't know. Not to get like too profound. But, I mean, our world is fucked. Like, there's too many <laughs> yeah. humans. Um, yeah, sure, sure. Bring more in. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Especially into the shit show that we've been living. It's like God. In <laughs> today's world, good lord. That was a that was a heavy cap on on the main discussion of this of this episode. Boys. I love it. I love it. <laughs> as we love it, just, as we all just lamented the second impeachment and, and, and <laughs> that was the day the day this the, the day this podcast happened. It was today. All, it was it was uh, January thirteenth, right. <sighs> Wednesday, January thirteenth, and we watched Donald J. Yeah. Dumbass get impeached for a second time. We, and God, it was that, a beautiful and thing. Can we, can we talk about this? The, the day this will be published, it will be the day before we have an, this is the day people hear this. This is going to be the very last day. We're assuming Trump will be president. Assuming he's still president. <laughs> Let's not even, if he's still president, he's done. It's don't done. know. There's so many more. Don't yes, put that evil in done, the world, but, Ricky Bobby. But, but maybe he'll be gone sooner. Like there's still a handful of days that we can hold on to that. Probably not. I, I just sort of look at it all with, a. uh, uh, so a good friend of mine is, uh, uh, yeah, I could probably, I could probably, he, he's Delta Force, and he um, was mentioning to me, um, we were talking about ISIS, we were talking about just you know, terrorists in general, mm-hmm. and just the fact that they are, like, America can just be this mockery sometimes to them of, uh What's amazing is the other party is just always out for anything, and terror is brilliant for them because they get to blame it on the other guy that's in. And I was just like, "What?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I mean they they they're all sitting over there just thinking like this is this is phenomenal. We just need to come up with another thing that gets some press, and it's just going to make our life easier again." And I, he's saying this casually to me, and I'm like, "Just what?" You know, and, and then it suddenly just makes sense. Like this is, makes we're, sense. we're living in this gamified politics, and uh, yes, we are. That's this is not a politics comment. It's not a Republican Democrat comment. It's just a it's a humanity a thing. Comment. Yeah, yeah, it's a humanity conversation. Neil, on that, like, how do you three year old? Not so much, but six year old. How how do you do? You have conversations about this political space, about this mecca shit you know, world that we live in. We don't watch a lot of TV. 
um, uh, I asked Isla recently if she knew who Donald Trump was, and she just looked at me like I was a foreigner. So I am good. Good for you. I, we just they don't to me they don't need it. Yeah, I don't, I don't need them to do that. They need, they need to figure out how to ride bikes and like dig holes and you know fall off of trees and stuff like that. that that's my. Hopefully, my, they get to learn about it in history books, man. It is wild that you know, a three-year-old has lived half his life in a mask, that, or you know, a third of his that's life. That's nuts. A mask. That's crazy. Yeah. Do yep. you do you have family in in Scotland and in Europe still? I do. My dad uh, remarried a number of years after my my mom passed away, and you know, I have a I have an aunt and I have cousins and stuff like that. What's the? Um, I guess without putting them or you on the spot <laughs> with this, but I'm just curious. Like, what's the what's the worldview on? this on the experiment that is america right now i have a i have an interestingly (laughs) not for the last year but i have an interestingly global life where like sometimes i would say that oh that sounded awful i didn't mean it like that i sounded like but i work (laughs) in different places it sounded okay until you said and i have um you have great friends in hong kong it's as easy for me to go for having dinner in hong kong as it is in greenville sometimes it's easier you know that like they don't have kids right so they don't have (laughs) 30 p.m. It's not like no, I'm not going for dinner. I want to sit on the sofa. Um, and and it's it's pretty sad because the only thing I ever get is like, fuck is happening in your country? Like, it's horrible. It, it's you know, there's there's two things. Like, there's the people that want to attack it like that. Like, what is wrong with your country? What's happening with it? And then there's the people that I have a lot more time for that are just like, yo, we know that. America is an epic place full of brilliant humans. Yeah. Doing awesome stuff. It's sad that you're going through this, but it doesn't change the fact that like, you know, you're 300 and something million people and they're in general, it's a phenomenal place. And, and I like that viewpoint um, an awful lot more where you can choose to block out a lot of this and you can still choose to, Dude, when we were so when we were trying to help this this hospital system, dude, Boeing gave me the biggest plane they make uh, to fly masks from Hong Kong, and like four individuals did more than a government could do with regard yeah. to like flying South Carolina, and it's because somebody at, at Boeing was like, "This is not right," and somebody else at Boeing was like, "Yep, agree, take that plane," and somebody else was like, "This is going to be really difficult, but we can make it work," and like. I saw a bunch of phenomenal humanity throughout COVID as well. Yeah. Including random, you know, as, as, as a country, as we're ripping on China, you know, amazing people in China staying up all night, packing containers and trying to maximize loadouts of containers to, to get things on a riverboat that's going from like, you know, north of Guangzhou to Hong Kong to meet a Boeing plane and like, I saw a lot of good humanity this year. So like, I've not actually come out of this that negative. Um, and, and I think I'm fortunate that I've got a number of friends around the world who have this world, who have this view of, yeah, fuck it. There's good people. Like, um, well, and there is, and I think that's thank the you most, for saying that. yeah, because <laughs> I, I haven't had a lot of uh, positive humanity cards uh, played this year with me. Oh, uh, we've had, I, I have also had, <laughs> 
Yeah. He's not sugarcoating it, Mike. He's just saying there's another side to it too. <laughs> all, right. All, right. all right, fair. I've had, I've had fraud happen through PPE. I've had assets taken away because people didn't trust that we were doing the right thing. I've, I mean, yeah, there are, there are plenty of, of, of negatives, but I'm, I am a cup half full person. And, and I, I feel like I'm looking back on this year, realizing that some people did some pretty cool shit too. Um, well, you know, they, they looked out for neighbors. They they went walks with friends. They saw people they hadn't seen. They they dropped off groceries at, at, at you know friends' houses that had to quarantine and just stuff. You know, yeah. This idea. I'm going to say this, and then we'll move on to our our not so rapid rapid fire here. But um, I had this idea the other day of I wanted to start up another podcast that was. Taking people in Knoxville, quite a large one already. I don't yeah, know right. <laughs> taking, I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. So taking people in Knoxville who have basically what you just said, who who have been the change, who have done good over the last year, and maybe haven't gotten the spotlight shown on them, whether it's feeding their back of house at a restaurant or donating food meals or helping to get PPE or whatever you know whatever it may be, and doing little fifteen minute episodes of just highlighting what they did the impact it had. And then maybe if they're still going, what, what that, how people could support that. And I, I saw that as being this thing that could be a really cool piece to push out into other communities and just have these beautiful little things as we move forward in 2021 and, and onward of just sharing this good. And it's not all COVID related good, but just this, the, the humanity that exists here, because we, we focus on the negative so much. We don't, we, there's not as much light sh- shown on the. I don't know when we became so desperate to crave drama. Like I don't either. To, um, good question, man. It it uh, gosh, the news is just so sad because it's just it's just hype, and they're fucking feeding off of it. I mean, like like rabid, like rabid dogs going for yeah. like raw steak. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, feel I like used how- to. I used to only watch for many years. BBC was my only news source. Um, you know, I, I would because you got one in America. We do too good of a job of shoving our heads up our own ass and not looking at what's going on around the globe. But two, when you would get to, when you would get the news about what was going on here or wherever, it was just it was brass tacks, man. It was just like this is what it is. There wasn't all the drama and the fluff that's associated with the rest of it. Interestingly, when I moved to America, I didn't, I, I didn't know that there were partisan uh, news networks. Like yeah. that wasn't educated to me as a British person. It was just the British Broadcasting Corporation. You know, and they're very proper and they just tell you things. <laughs> I just thought CNN was the American news network. Like it was CNN. You know, it was the it was the biggest. It was the thing that I'd heard of in the UK. And and you know, even ten years ago, whatever. I just I didn't know I was getting preached something to me that half of the country wasn't getting preached to me. That was quite a wild realization for me as a foreigner. It's um, crazy, right? What on, on that note, what brought you to the States? How long have you been in the States? College. Um, I, I did a transfer to Clemson university. Um, Got it. My sister went to Clemson. My, my school in, in Scotland had a, a transfer with them and um, I was uh, competitive in crew, as I mentioned before in the UK, but I was burning out of it as well. We had bad coaches and it was kind of like, you know, I don't man, like, you row in Scotland, like you're doing training in January and the water's fucking Ugh. freezing. And we're like, it's like, oh, yeah, ice- yeah. oh, icicle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 
And, uh, you know, I heard Clemson had 610 miles of shoreline and it was hot and there was, you know, <laughs> girls and, all right, I'm going by. Um, it nice. was, this was not a mature rocket science decision. This was just like, you know, being 19. Neil, sir, our wake dad drink repeat, not so rapid fire, rapid fire questions. As you might believe, they used to be called rapid fire questions, but we went on so many effing tangents that we had to rename them. So they're called not so rapid, rapid fire questions. The rules of the game, my friend, say the first thing that comes to mind, there are no wrong answers, oh, but do not, do not get it wrong. Do you understand? Oh, I'm pouring more. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. My desk, my desk bottle <laughs> ran out. Damn it. Uh, that's funny. All right. <laughs> Neil, sir, question number one, drink of choice. Scotch. Sp- specific kind of scotch or just scotch? The Scottish man is going to say scotch. 30. McCallum, 30-year-old. Give me a drink of choice. 30 Boom. Yep. Well done. Well done, sir. Um, next question. This is a Neil-specific question. Do you have an F1 team? That's your favorite team. Um, I have uh, – I am uh, – yes. Uh, it's now McLaren because it's Daniel Ricciardo. Um, so I'm, I'm a massive fan of him. So I fucking love Valtteri Botas Cause I just feel like he's just this like even keel just seems like stellar human being, but I, I feel like my allegiance has to go to McLaren this season because I am so pumped to see Ricardo over there, man. <laughs> yeah. I, so our, the headphones that we just finished designing and the, the release they're um, they are used by Red Bull. They're their communications. They're really cool. Their drivers are sponsored by a company that we've had extensive work with. So I should have said Red Bull. <laughs> but like, uh, like, I mean, Ricardo's a dude, you know? Dude, a shoey, mate. I mean, you can't get any better than that, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, for McLaren, and, and I think it'd be fun to see somebody um, vie for a third place team that that is, you know, that you're going to have McLaren and Renault going like, yeah, about Alpine. Uh, going side to side, uh, which will be a really, really neat battle to see for me. I feel so. I missed. I did not do a very good job of watching the 2020 season. Just with, I mean, just life. Obviously, it was a weird yeah. year. Yeah. But I feel so out of it. And then, like, I started. I was trying to get caught up over the break and was reading a lot of stuff. I was like, oh my god, this is going to be one of the best seasons of F1. I'm very, very excited about. It. And I actually, my kids will sit and watch it with me. So they, for some, I think they just like Max Verstappen's name. Um, yeah. I knew that Daddy worked on something that they use. So they're they're a big fan of Max Verstappen. And I've been really trying to work on the Ricardo thing, but they just don't seem to get it. A, a good buddy of mine is a huge Ferrari fan, and when Oliver was born, he sent him a Ferrari onesie that was a driver's suit, and uh, and and sent us. He he subscribed Oliver to the Ferrari magazine, so I get a magazine oh, once a month <laughs> to to Oliver. I'm like Parker, it goes in the trash every month, man. Like I don't we don't we don't do Ferraris in the Palmer House. Oh come on, <laughs> he's like you give it to Oliver, damn it. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's funny. Um, Neil, sir, next question for you. Most annoying song, show, or movie that your kids have made you uh, listen to 10,000 times? Um, uh, uh, it's a Small World. Uh, Disney. Wow. So, wow. Like, like to the ride, I can't hear it once without wanting to stab people. Um, <laughs> And the other one is probably what used to be one of my favorite songs, but my kids will not stop playing it now, which is Johnny Be Good. 
Um, and I, I have heard Johnny B. Good so many times that I'm done with Chuck Berry. So those two things... <laughs> Really, you know, at least it's, I don't think Chuck Berry is music. very human. Like we're just having to glaze over that with my kids. <laughs> but uh, but but Lenny's a pretty big Chuck Berry fan. That's cool. That's cool, man. Um, I was inspired to write this question as you were talking, and I'm going to add this to our rapid fire questions moving forward. It's what's super the, rapid? I'm really struggling to keep up. Uh-huh. <laughs> what's What's the most important lesson you learned from your dad? Oh. Uh, treat everybody the same. No, no hierarchy in people. My dad was unfazed. Cleaner got treated the same as Fidel Castro. Like, I mean, it, it, you got like he. My dad was a universally even keel, and I am. Wow. Uh, I work extremely hard that everybody gets treated the same, and I judge people wow. on how they treat servers and That's cleaners awesome. and hotels and other things like that. I find it very interesting yeah. that Fidel Castro was your other end of the spectrum on a cleaner <laughs> Fidel Castro, but we're just going to glaze over like, that for now. <laughs> that was like bad, famous human, good, normal human. <laughs> it's fine. All it's right, fine. Next question. <laughs> next question for you. Dumbest thing you did as a kid that you hope your kid doesn't do? Uh, wreck my dad's car. Um, I really <laughs> like my kids not to wreck my car. Uh, I don't want them to touch any any any. Um, other dumbest thing that I did as a kid. Um, no crazy injuries or anything. No, no, probably wrecking the car was yeah, pretty dumb. I would I would say that yeah. that would be like a end of them being your child in your household. It sounds like. So. Yep. <laughs> So, so uh, a rapid fire uh, tangent. You you said you're a massive fan of combustible engines. Obviously, like where are you with this whole um, electric vehicles? Like, is it the antichrist of all that is automobiles for you? Eh. Is it good for the planet? I'm where where do you like, sit with Tesla's? That? Tesla's kind of fun to drive. Uh, no, it'll come. They'll get their own character. Like, I drove the Harley Livewire motorcycle, and it is incredible. Um, but. Uh, you know, in the same way that, like, like there's the Will Smith movie, I Robot, and like mm-hmm. at some point in time, he goes way over to the, the storage container and he rolls up the doors, and there's like an old whatever it is a Suzuki Ninja or some kind of like, yeah, you know, there's like a super bike in there. I'm I'm at ease with electrical because there will always be something, whether it's even illegal, in my garage that is that you know you turn it on, it goes pop 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 pop. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm fascinated by experiences. The first time I I floored a Tesla in ludicrous mode, I almost threw up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I, I I definitely my heart is in an era of engaging vehicles, uh, which stems from you know 60s to early 2000s. Um, I'm not as enamored by modern supercars. I think we lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good answer, man. Awesome. All right, brother. Last rapid fire question for you. What trait of yours do you hope that your kids inherit? Um, I'm going to parlay it into a quote. Uh, a creative adult is a child that never died um, or a child that never grew up. So it was a quote. Um, so um, I hope they retain their youthful mischief because mine is alive and well. That is a fantastic that's, answer. That's that's my favorite answer to that question. Yeah. And we and we ask that question to everybody. Bravo, man. Yeah. 
Bravo. One. That's our last rapid fire question. I do. I do believe that. Um, I, I think I have. I am. I am easily riled up into conspiring on something. Um, and sometimes it's turned into good business. Other times it's turned into bad decisions. But, um, <laughs> Dude, that, that's been uh, no joke. You can I mean, make that jump. Been... I can. Yeah, you can make that jump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, that that's been you for the last hour and a half, man. Like it really has. Like that is your personality. That is your trait. And that is, as long as it's harnessed in the positive light, man. That that uh, that is strong and sought after by a lot of people. Um, I'm grateful uh for you for you saying that so thank you um i uh it's a funny you know it's weird because i don't know you guys and I, and I feel like when i've done podcasts in the before it's, it's often people that i have up you know some form of relationship with but I, I come out of this now feeling like i should get to do a podcast with you guys asking you questions because i probably haven't learned enough about the experiences that you could teach me well thanks um, for saying, saying that man that's I'm, cool i appreciate it i i feel like we're only uh we're we're a few drinks into many that should be had between all of us, man. It's been a fun uh, conversation. Honestly, like I'm, I'm always in awe of my one of my best friends, Kyle. Um, he's sort of he was, um, I mean, he worked at Nike and Oakley, and and he, he was a you know working dude, but his wife went down the path of sort of executive route, and and Kyle, um, though he, he still has his own company, you know, he's sort of the one doing the kids, and um, like that's way harder than my job. You know, it's something I say to everybody, like the, 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 the people navigating and shaping the rugrats, like that's, uh, I, I'm always in awe of that. So I know you guys asked me a bunch of questions, but it's pretty fucking amazing. Like that, that y'all are doing this and actually holding down the family side of things. Even if you do more than bark sometimes. Yeah, only every now and then <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, um, it's well, an interesting, saying, yeah. Thank you for saying it. It's an interesting, um, it's a grass is always greener thing. I think sometimes, you know, like I, I, my wife and I have that conversation a lot of just that. I know there's things she feels like she misses out on and you don't, I don't know that I ever envy her for being able to go to work, but I definitely, there's times where I'm like, hmm, you get to go be around adults and I'm here with the kids. You know, I mean, it's that it's an, it's a very, it is a very interesting dynamic to grass is greener situation. To live like at times. Just to the 10th degree. Sorry, I know we're I know we're almost done, but one of the things that like life things that annoys me most is um, when people congratulate me on being successful, however you deem success yeah. to be. Um, and a family member said something recently that really irked me about it, but it was to do with me making money and Megan doesn't make money. And I, I looked at them like they were from a different planet. I was like, are you fucking insane? Like, you think I make money without her? We make money. Like... Mm-hmm. What do you think I would do? Like, do you think I'd feel supported or like that I have confidence or that I have anything if she's not holding down this fort? I'm a fucking wreck. Like, <laughs> what kind of naive person yeah. thinks that I I would have like the wherewithal to do this if I didn't have like a you know an anchor at home? And that dude, that, what a great great response. Uh, that that's that, on point. Uh, that it, it's really stuck with me, and it made me very angry at the time when when somebody like separated them as if as if there's a person that earns and there's a person that stays at home. It's not it's a fucking there's a duo. Yeah, it's a team, yeah. man. It's yeah. it, it 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 very much exists in that way. And if you, I mean, it goes back to what we spent the early part of this episode talking about. If you're open to talking about it, if you if you can be honest with each other about those things, if you can have those conversations, because 
it's it is just as easy for that to become a very resentful a very like just de- you know fucking fighting tooth and nail kind of component to a relationship if you don't feel like you both appreciate each other and understand the importance of each other and the value add of each other i mean that's a but but that only comes through through communication mm-hmm. yep Imagine being a single mom or a single dad who does both. Especially during all this shit, man. I mean, that's, that's all I thought about in 2020 was like, holy fuck, the single moms and dads holding it down and doing all this during the pandemic and everything on, I mean, just massive kudos to them on, on being able to do it. And as I, as I say, kudos, because I did want, I did want to say this to you earlier. Thank you for, as a person living here and as a person who's married to, a medical professional thank you for doing what you did to try to help with getting ppe over and and doing oh, all that because yeah. that's uh, that is a it, i know that's a lot of red tape to have figured out getting through and making it happen it man really but fun, you know? I mean, we we um um uh we did the the medical stuff fairly philanthropically but when walmart asked for help i didn't mind taking money from them Right. Once we had the hospital bit covered, I was like, I will sell to you. That's, okay. <laughs> That's well, called America right, right there. there. <laughs> it was really fun working to help the hospital side of things. Like, you know, I cried like a baby when I saw the Boeing land. It landed at GSP, it landed at Greenville Spartanburg Airport. It's like double decker. Like, it's called a, it's, they call it the beluga. It looks like a whale. It's, a, it's called the Dreamlifter. It carries planes. The thing landed at GSP, and I was like, God, I did that with some emails. Whoa, yeah, wow. that's pretty fucking <laughs> rad, dude. Um, and it was it was Kelly who I think you talked to at, at, at the, the PR firm. Yeah, she was, somebody at Clemson asked them if they knew anybody with a plane, and they were like, "Well, we don't know anybody with a private jet, but we know somebody at Boeing." And I was like, "That will do." That's, a big, <laughs> that, that's potential. <laughs> that's potential. Let's talk to them. They do make uh, planes there. <laughs> yes. I spoke to the first guy at Boeing and I was like, what do you do there? You know, and he tells me all he does and you know, run government relationships. I was like, how did you get into this? He's like, oh, I ran Obama's like program to get into office. And I was like, all right. Okay, that's how you did that. <laughs> so number one, you're a get shit done. Right? I'm going to gonna right? save your contact in my phone. Thank you no. very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, that's funny. Neil, man, I we could probably go on and do another couple hours of this but i know you have shit to do man so we're gonna we're gonna let you get out of here um but before we do if you would please share with our guests just how they can find discommon whatnot i mean just plug away for a minute here thanks no well we we exist pretty much primarily on instagram it's at discommon it's like the word what well, stands for disruptive and uncommon so um discommon um, and it's, uh, my, my PR firm have not taken that away from me. I still run it. Um, I enjoy doing messages, talking and talk about design entrepreneurship. Um, uh, especially younger folks as well. I love talking about the challenges of starting something from scratch. So that's pretty much the best place to find us. It's awesome. Um, and guys, as per usual, we will have all the, uh, links to be able to find just common in our show notes. Uh, along with Neil's Today's Dad video. Um, and you can also find all of that on our website at wakedaddrinkrepeat.com. 
Neil, thank you, man. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us this evening. Like, no joke, it's been off the charts for me personally. It's been a joy to talk with you, man. And um, I feel like I've known you for years, but uh, that's certainly not the case. It was very easy. Uh, Y'all are, that was was great fun. Good, man. I'm I'm certainly glad. And thank you for uh, very much sharing your professional but uh, family story as well, because I know it's it's a a new thread that most people aren't uh, used to sharing in the public space. So it's it's very unique to, to hear it from folks. Thank you. Guys, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And as always, please remember to wake, dad, drink, repeat. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Our show music is written and performed by Jordan Burris and produced by Jordan Burris and Asher Smith. We always love hearing from you. Head to wakedaddrinkrepeat.com, send us guest recommendations, or give us your thoughts on the show. 